Springfield's Talk 104-112, GOP senators, including Roy Blunt, help left-wing Democrats erode First Amendment rights. We'll kick that off. It's uh, a piece in the Federalist, along with audio from a number of Republican senators that noted there was an attempt to put some amendments. Now, this... this uh, call it the um, Defense of Marriage Act, which is a gaslighting term because, in fact, it eliminates the definition of marriage. It essentially says, much like the left does with gender, uh, particularly women, uh, it is what anybody wants it to be. And when you allow something to be anything, then it becomes nothing uh, because there is no definition of it. And so this is ironically called the De- Defense of Marriage Act because it, it really truly eliminates any sort of defined marriage. And there were a number of Republicans that said, all right, fine, if, if this is really truly just about equality and, and uh, protecting people's civil liberties, here are some amendments that specifically say you cannot use this to attack Christians. You cannot use this to go after uh, uh, Christian universities and churches and force them to violate their religious beliefs. And the Democrats were like, mm, no, I don't think so. And so it showed that this really isn't about equality. It's about the ability to to destroy the ability of Americans to exercise their religious beliefs and, and di- different institutions like SBU and Bolivar, for example. And, uh, and unfortunately... Despite that, there were still a number of Republicans, Roy Blunt being one of them, that sided with Chuck Schumer, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and decided to pass this attack on religious liberty. You know, other than you have some Republicans that are showing their true colors, I don't know what other explanation there is. Um... Roy Blunt's not stupid. Roy Blunt's not naive. Um, Even if without the amendment component to this, the attempt to put amendments on it that would specifically protect people's religious rights, there's no way he could be so naive as to believe that the Democrats would never do anything like use this to go after religious institutions. They'd never do anything like that. The fact that you had an attempt to put in specific amendments, language, that says, okay, this is we're just going to make sure here, and that Democrats stopped that from occurring, and Roy Blunt still voted for it, he knows what this is. You can debate all day. Did he? Has he changed? Is he no longer a Christian? Does he no longer believe in religious liberties? I, you know, and I don't know the answer to these things, but frankly, it's irrelevant. All that matters is what we as Americans are going to be facing because of this. Now, of course, it has to go to the House. Uh, th- there's always a chance that this legislation 
doesn't, you know, that you could have some Democrats over there that think that it doesn't do enough, it doesn't go far enough, or, you know, so it, it, it's not necessarily an absolute that this will, you know, automatically pass Congress. But on the other hand, there could be numerous Republicans over there uh, as well that will betray the Constitution and eliminate the definition or a definition of marriage and allow for the the codifying of assault on religious liberties. And, of course, Joe Biden will sign it. He'll just tell him it's a receipt for ice cream delivery, and that thing will become law. Uh, so I, I want to start off with that this morning after. And then there's an interesting, this whole thing with Trump and Kanye and everything, NBC actually did a pretty in-depth piece on it. And I think their attempt was to make Trump look stupid because he was, quote, duped. But apparently he was duped. He He really genuinely had no clue. That this Fuentes guy that is, uh, you know, he's described as a white nationalist. And again, I, I don't know the guy that well, other than every time he's referred to as a white nationalist. I I don't trust the media with their labels, but but that's how he's widely viewed and, and seen. And maybe he is. And maybe he's anti-Semitic. Don't know. And there were some others. And, of course, uh, this was an opportunity for the Republican establishment to pile on Trump and to, you know, a guy who actually has a town named after him in Israel because he was the most pro-Israeli, pro-Jewish president. Members of his family are Jewish. That, that uh, I mean, he's just, he's in, in certain uh, uh, areas of Israel amongst the Jewish population. I mean, the guy's a hero. But this gives the establishment here an opportunity to pile on him and to claim he's anti-Semitic. And apparently this this whole thing was a setup. It was a setup in order to humiliate him. And, of course, those enemies of his and the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, and the media are going to capitalize off it as best as possible. So it's interesting that NBC is actually the outlet that exposed this. Uh, because it's a seemingly a defense of Trump, but that's not what it is. For them, it's ha, ha, ha. Uh, look, Trump has been made the fool, and now it's destroying him. Look at what an idiot he is. So that's that's their perspective on it. Uh, so that also this morning, we've got a whole lot for you. Uh, Lunch Bunch today, if you have not signed up, go to ksgf.com, get signed up for Lunch Bunch at Retro Metro, and it'll be an opportunity for you to have free lunch with us at Retro Metro, which is a totally awesome place. Here is Jason Ryman with the latest news update. A man's body has been found in a burning home in Monette. Firefighters found the man while responding to a house fire in the 400 block of 2nd Street. He was in the basement. His identity is not known. Anyone with information about that fire is asked to call Monette Police or Barry County Crime Stoppers. A Missouri man convicted of ambushing and killing a St. Louis area police officer that he blamed in the death of his younger brother has been put to death. Kevin Johnson was executed last night by lethal injection at the state prison in Bonterre. He was 37. It was the state's second execution this year. Johnson's attorneys did not deny that he killed the officer, but they said he was sentenced to death in part because he was black. The courts and Republican Governor Mike Parson declined to stop the execution. Police have arrested two students in Mountain Home, Arkansas, for posting threatening social media messages over Thanksgiving break. A middle school student posted a hit list with a picture of a rifle on it, and a second post involving a high school student had guns in it. 
I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, we got the first alert forecast. Sunny day, high of 41. Wind chill in the teens, however. Cloudy tonight, 25. Sunny, 48 tomorrow. Mostly cloudy, windy. On Friday, with a high of 61. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Garage experts, it's beyond. Let's say all your garage needs, but let me tell you something. You think you know what your garage needs until you have garage experts. Take your garage and make it into a living space in your home. Uh, you don't even know what capabilities, what 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 lies before you uh, in terms of potential for your garage. You can see the transformation uh, video of my garage on my Facebook page, 1041 Nick Reed. Whether it's just the, the epoxy flooring with hundreds of different color options or the customized storage to fit your usage of your garage, total complete transformation, making it a, a, a pride point of your home instead of just a room that you ignore other than pulling your vehicle into it if you even have room for that because of all the storage garage experts tell them that uh you you heard me telling you about it and they'll make sure to take care of you discount you and it's a great idea for a christmas gift not just for you know your husband your wife whomever it is uh but for your home itself and the value of the home that's garage experts under nick's endorsements ksgf.com 12 Republicans disregarded their constituents' wishes and aided Democrats in deriding the First Amendment rights of religious Americans by passing the deceptively named Respect for Marriage Act without including any of their colleagues' proposed protective amendments. Of the 12 Republicans who voted to advance the RFMA, that's the Respect for Marriage Act, To a vote on the floor, three needed to change their minds before a final vote on the bill to keep the bill from passing. It is clear from the 61 to 36 vote last night that Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, Rob Portman of Ohio, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Joni Ernst of Iowa, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, along with Todd Young of Indiana, did not change their minds. Instead of using amendments as prerequisites for their support, these Republicans opened the door for their, co- for their congressional colleagues to reject three separate attempts to give the bill robust legal protections for religious Americans who believe marriage is between a man and a woman. The RFMA, as it stands, does not just repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, which defines marriage between a male and a female, but codifies the Supreme Court's approval of same-sex marriage in Oberfield versus Hodges. It goes further by enabling LGBT activists who have already made a habit of exploiting the legal system to target religious Americans and the politically motivated Department of Justice to bring civil action against anyone they say violates the terms of the legislation. Now, understand, I'm going to interject here. This is a Department of Justice that, with guns drawn, SWAT teams raid the homes of people who pray at abortion clinics. Individuals who offer to turn themselves in 
They do it to terrorize their families. They do it in front of their small children. The idea that people like Senator Roy Blunt would further open the door for more of this terror towards Christians or Muslims or Jewish people or anyone who does not take a knee and bow down before the left on these particular issues is deplorable. The piece continues, under the guise of vague language, the RFMA could allow for the legal victimization of wedding vendors, adoption agencies, bakeries, and any other entities run by people of faith who refuse to offer services condoning same-sex marriages based on religious convictions. Despite the RFMA's problems, the 12 GOP senators, Roy Blunt being one of them, echoed their support for the legislation by once again voting in favor of it. For their willingness to cave to the Democrats' agenda, those Republicans were thanked by Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from the Senate floor ahead of the vote. Quote, I also want to acknowledge my Republican colleagues who voted in favor of advancing this legislation because of our work together. The rights of tens of millions of Americans will be strengthened under federal law. That's an accomplishment we should all be proud of. Other Republican senators, however, understand the risks that RFMA poses to Americans and offered solutions in the form of amendments that sought to clarify the bill's cushioned language. Senator Mike Lee put forth an amendment that explicitly stated that the federal government, quote, shall not take any discriminatory action against a person, wholly or partially on the basis that such person speaks or acts in accordance with a sincerely held religious belief or moral conviction that marriage is between a man and a woman. The amendment would also have allowed anyone who is wrongfully targeted by the government over their beliefs about marriage to sue. In the hope that we can come to a place where we respect each other, I have offered an amendment to this legislation that would explicitly minimize the threats to these religious organizations and individuals. I'm at the table. I'm willing to compromise. And in the spirit of compromise, I've publicly stated, and I reiterate here again today, that I will support the legislation if my amendment is adopted. My amendment simply prohibits the federal government from discriminating against schools, businesses, and organizations based on their religious beliefs about same-sex marriage. That's all it does. My amendment prevents the Internal Revenue Service, among other things, from revoking the tax-exempt status of these charities and organizations simply because they act according to their beliefs about the divine purpose of marriage. It prevents the Department of Education from targeting schools with honor codes based on the fact that they've got provisions in their honor codes based on religious beliefs. It protects individuals from being denied business licenses or grants or other statuses based on their views about marriage. It protects Americans who wish to add, who wish to act according to their religious beliefs from being forced to abandon their God-given mandates to love, serve, and care for the poor, the orphan, and the refugee. If we allow the government to threaten their ability to do so, then the religious liberty of every American is in peril. As I said, Madam President, 
we must be willing to compromise to protect the interests of all. I urge my colleagues to support my amendment, which would assure that all Americans would have certain rights and that, that their religious beliefs and their moral convictions will be explicitly protected and provide some comfort that Congress is not purposely passing laws that restrict the free exercise of religion. That was Senator Mike Lee on his amendment to protect religious liberties. That failed. Senator Marco Rubio and Senator James Lankford also introduced amendments designed to clarify language and ensure religious liberty protection for all Americans. Lankford's amendment guaranteed that the RFMA's obscurity would not be wielded against organizations with traditional marriage beliefs. We've had this text now for about 36 hours. It literally just got dropped on us. So for about 36 hours we've been going through, and it's, it's not long, it's three pages, asking questions, how does it work, what, what happens with it. And several individuals have said, hey, this is a real problem for religious liberty. We should fix this. And others have said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's make sure this is actually clear. Except now that the debate has started, amendments have been shut out. There are no amendments. All of these gaps that I talk about for individuals, for small businesses, for individuals of conscience, for the right to be able to protect yourself if you're facing religious discrimination on this, for the limiting portions of the in this act or from explaining not arising from a marriage, what that may, may, may mean, the issue of principal purpose and not having to prove your principal purpose in a court of law is a religious I I issue. Everyone seems to nod their head and say, oh yeah, those are problems. Multiple members have brought amendments and said, let's fix it. And yet they're being told over and over again, no amendments. We're not going to fix it. You know what that tells me? These are not mistakes in the drafting. This was purposeful. That's what that tells me. Listen. I believe the rights of every individual should be honored. But this is not choosing to be able to protect the rights of every individual. This is saying some people are more equal than others. That's a problem. That is Langford on his amendment. Rubio's amendment eliminated the private right to sue from the RFMA. Both amendments required a simple majority but failed. Now that the RFMA has passed the Senate, the House is expected to vote. On the updated bill, as soon as this week, Representative Kevin McCarthy, who will likely assume the position of House Speaker in January, told reporters yesterday that he agrees with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, which say that this legislation, quote, betrays our country's commitment to the fundamental right of religious liberty. The Respect for Marriage Act, Catholic bishops say religious protections in the Respect for Marriage Act are insufficient and far from comprehensive and treat religious liberty as a second-class right, as you know, it's currently in the Senate. Do you agree with that assessment by the Catholic bishops? Uh, I agree with them, yes. Jordan Boyd of The Federalist notes that McCarthy's willingness to signal strong opposition to the bill, which garnered support from 47 House Republicans earlier this year, shows that at least he is listening to conservative voters who overwhelmingly reject this legislation, as well as, of course, the other Republicans who attempted to put amendments on that would protect Americans' religious liberties, though there were those, again, like Senator Roy Blunt, who did not. I hope that universities 
churches, people of faith, whatever that faith is, when the lawsuits are filed against you, when you have to decide between whether or not you go bankrupt or you violate your religious beliefs, when you have to decide whether or not you are going to have to close up shop, letting people that you care about go without a job, or violating your sincerely held beliefs. You need to remember that our U.S. Senator stood on the side of the left on this issue and voted for the tools created, voted to codify law that can be used as a weapon against you to either break you or force you to violate your religious beliefs. I suspect, though, and this is a reflection on the establishment, despite this, on top of voting for red, you know, gun control legislation and, and the other areas, particularly now that he doesn't need your vote again, in which he has sided with the, the left in this country. The target barbecues, the different events, the dedications in which they want to praise Roy Blunt and to watch that, that the same local Republican stand and applaud him as some great servant of the people in the Constitution. Though at the same time, I suspect there probably won't be as many opportunities because he no longer needs the votes of southwest Missouri. So I suspect he probably won't bother coming back to hillbilly land that often any longer, unless, of course, there's an opportunity to have pictures taken before a building in which his name will be placed. This is a a sad, unfortunate day for people of all religions and people who are believers of individual liberty. Sad day for Missouri, sad day for the Constitution. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Now, you want to win tickets to that Alton Brown show you just heard him speaking of? Beyond the Eats a Holiday variant, text the name Alton to 417 447 5743. It's our talk and text line. Uh, just if you have a hard time remembering it, it's 447-KSGF, or you can download the app. It's free that way. Just text Alton, A-L-T-O-N. It's shown to me in all lowercase, but I, I don't know if that matters. You'll get a confirmation that you have been entered if you do it correctly. So just text Alton to 417-447-KSGF for your chance to win tickets to next Wednesday's Alton Brown Live, Beyond the Eats, the Holiday Variant. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, sunny 41 for the high today. Cloudy 25 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny 48, 61 on Friday on the text and talk line uh, regarding Senator Blunt. I'll be flying out of Joplin or Tulsa from now on, says one. Uh, Another noting that it should be called the taxpayer 
terminal. Roy Blunt didn't pay for it. Ah, yes, but he made sure that you did, see? So that's why he gets credit for that. Um, someone says, I hear the wall that heals is coming to town. We need to hear more about that. Well, there's not a whole lot more other than what we uh, announced. I think it was on Monday. What's today? Today's Wednesday. Monday. We talked about I know yesterday as well. Uh, Serenity Honors is sponsoring that. And it's coming, I think it's June 8th. Is that? You know, I don't have the press release. In oh, I, I put it back in the, in my office. Oh my but I think, it's, I think it's June 8th. I mean, there's going to be, you're not going to miss it. Uh, we've got plenty of time to plan for it. But, yeah, it's a very exciting announcement. This is a, uh, it is a replica of the, the Vietnam wall memorial it's it's uh you know three quarters the size you can imagine uh it is quite large and it will be coming here to springfield um and uh there's an educational component obviously with it as well but uh uh, serenity honors is is sponsoring that and uh as the time gets closer you'll definitely hear much more about that but yeah it's a really cool thing and and a great opportunity for Folks who haven't had the opportunity to make it to Washington, D.C. And, and see the actual wall to to get a sense of it. And while the size isn't the same, I think most people recognize that really isn't ultimately the point. It's it's all those names and those sacrifices. And, uh, and it gives uh, people, uh, I think, I don't know, just that visual and all of those names. It's somehow... You know, so it's numbers, they, they, numbers get to a certain point and they lose meaning. Um, it's like they say in skydiving, people who are afraid of heights oftentimes don't have trouble with skydiving because at some point you get uh, above the, your elevation is so high that your mind no longer comprehends how high it is. Like if you're a foot off the ground versus if you're on the, you know, you're, if you're standing on a step, you're not afraid, but if you're on the roof of the house, you start to get a little bit worried because you can sense that distance, but there's a certain point you get and it, it it doesn't matter whether you're at that point or another thousand feet up. You, your mind is not really comprehending the the difference there. And numbers are the same way. But when you see the names, and you see those names on this this massive wall, uh, it it goes from numbers to this visual that I think has a much greater impact. And and so it's definitely something that is is worth seeing. And uh, and again, I believe it's, I want to say it's June 8th or so, but it, it's something that we will make sure to promote much more heavily I'll as the time. I'll get it on the website as okay. well. Okay. All right. Awesome. Very good. Fantastic. There has been a tremendous amount of coverage regarding Trump and Kanye West, and to me, it's appalling for a number of reasons. One, I, can you think if, if we put half as much in the media focus on the Biden administration's refusal con- to condemn China for, you know, actually killing people for protesting and throwing them in prison, as the media focuses on Trump having lunch with Kanye West, I think we'd be a better place. That's just my perspective. But it's all a matter of priorities, isn't it? And uh, there was this lunch, and then it turns out, oh, there's some anti-Semites there, and Trump had lunch, and, 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 uh, and of course, everyone's piling on. Kanye West is 
been deemed anti-Semitic, and, and frankly, this is part of the appalling nature of it. The reason for the focus is not because uh, the left or anyone uh, is has great concern of his anti-Semitism, because if so, these people would not pay Al Sharpton to be a commentator. They would not attend events, privately or otherwise, with Louis Farrakhan. They would not put people like Congresswoman Ilhan Omar on committees. These are, these are people who actually have a, a much greater influence over what happens in this world than Kanye West. But Kanye West is somebody that does not go out and act as a lapdog for the Democrat Party, and so this is a tool that they use against him. And I'm not talking about whether what he says is right or or not right. I'm talking about why it is that he gets so much of a focus, while people who support the Democrat Party and Democrats help raise money for them uh, get not only a free pass, but get promoted for anti-Semitism. All that being said... NBC had a very interesting in-depth piece on this in which apparently all of this was a setup in order to make Trump look bad. Now, you may ask yourself, well, why would NBC put out a piece that would seemingly be a defense for Trump, that, that, he, that you know, this was some sort of setup, he didn't know what he was getting into? Well, because they think it makes him look like an idiot. That Trump got trolled, and so to them, it's funny, and that, and they also know that that won't the the revelation that this was some sort of apparent setup isn't going to stop the establishment from pretending as if it wasn't. That's the brilliance of this this atmosphere that they've crafted. They can fully acknowledge. Oh, yeah, Trump didn't do anything that he shouldn't have done. He was tricked into this, but still go out there and claim that he did something he shouldn't have done. Because they know, frankly, a lot of people only watch MSNBC. Well, they, they only watch these these narrow networks that are echo chambers, and they either won't find out the truth or they'll hear it, but then dismiss it and go back to their safe little world of fake news. So I'm going to read to you portions here after we take a quick break and a traffic update of what it is that um, that NBC learned. And it, it's – I actually think it's interesting. I mean you take the political component out of this and, and it, I, I think there are a lot of questions as to exactly what, what – why did they want to humiliate Trump? Why was it that, that Kanye picked some of these people? Milo uh, Yiannopoulos was one of the individuals evidently that was there. We've had him on this program before as, as author of the week. Uh, he used to be with Breitbart, and he's a conservative uh, gay man in a biracial relationship, and, and he's very flamboyant, and, and he's got an entertainment component to him. But uh, you know, he ended up being there, and, and Trump didn't know that was going to happen. And so it's just it's a very bizarre story. I'll share it next. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Uh, you know, you watch some of these shows in the, the the extremely wealthy, rich, and famous, and and it just seems different when they have somebody that's working on their behalf. It's like, oh, this is more than just a realtor. This is a personal assistant. That's that's what you get. 
with Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Everybody operates differently. You know, some outfits they that their their big selling point is we got a massive team and there's going to be you're going to get to deal with all these people that are working on your behalf. But Emily is more about the if you want something done right, do it yourself. Personal touch, and she's a personal advocate for you. Uh, she's the one that you deal with through the entirety of it, not just you know in the beginning and the end. She's everything in between. So if that you want that, that's the sort of thing I like. That's the, 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 the focus and the attention that I want. And that's why I recommend for all your home buying and selling needs, Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Trump meeting with Kanye was planned to make Trump's life miserable. There's an interesting story in NBC News about this. And according to NBC, Trump and West had agreed to have lunch at Mar-a-Lago, the two of them. West was to arrive and wait at a table in the dining room for Trump to descend and join him, unbeknownst to Trump. There were a lot of gears turning behind the scenes. But this is all according to NBC. And they, I mean, they cite, they, they cite, and you'll hear, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read you the entire piece, but, but the, the meat of it. Um, you know, this isn't all anonymous source stuff. So you've got people, participants included, saying, yeah, this is what happened. So unbeknownst to Trump, there were a lot of gears turning behind the scenes. Yiannopoulos, Milo Yiannopoulos, appears to be the primary source for the story. So he is the star and producer of his account with all the baggage that entails. Somehow Yiannopoulos attached himself to Kanye West as some sort of political advisor. According to the account, he asked Karen Giorno to drive West to Mar-a-Lago. Giorno is on the periphery of... Uh, the West's presidential run, evidently, and she had flown to L.A. to meet West and Yiannopoulos. What she doesn't know is that instead of driving Kanye West, she is going to be driving Yiannopoulos, the father of a student at West's Doda Academy, and a surprise guest, Nick Fuentes, who is the described white supremacist anti-Semite. So NBC reports that Yiannopoulos and Fuentes is serving in an advisory capacity to Kanye. <laughs> what a crew. What a crew. Giorno is not an official member of the unofficial Yee campaign yet, but flew to Los Angeles to meet with him this week. Quote, I wanted to show Trump the kind of talent that he's missing out on by allowing his terrible handlers to dictate who he can and can't hang out with, Yiannopoulos told NBC News. He added, I also wanted to send a message to Trump that he has systemically, repeatedly neglected, ignored, abused the people who love him the most, the people who put him in office, and that kind of behavior comes back to bite you in the end. Giorno said she had been caught in the blast radius of the dinner with Kanye and Fuentes, but was an unwitting participant. On the night she drove the crew to Mar-a-Lago, she said she did not realize that there was going to be a confrontation, and she did not have time to call or text anyone with a heads up because Kanye's flight landed about 5 p.m. in the middle of the South Florida Metropolitan, uh, Metropolitan Rush Hour on a rainy day. It took the party three hours to get to Mar-a-Lago, double what it normally takes, about halfway to Mar-a-Lago. Giorno said 
in an interview that she realized that Kanye Fuentes and the other man were not properly attired. So she asked, quote, are, are all of you are wearing jeans? Did they not tell you about the dress code? Kanye said that he hadn't been informed and that, quote, I doubt Nick is going to get in anyway. Nick, she said she asked, what's your last name? Fuentes gave his last name. Giorno said she thought at that time, quote, I'm going to kill Milo because she evidently knew who Nick Fuentes is. Giorno kept driving and said that they would probably have trouble getting into Mar-a-Lago because of private security and secret service. Giorno said she also realized she had forgotten her driver's license, so she had to use a credit card with her name on it to prove her identity to get in because she and Kanye, or because she had, rather, Kanye in her car, and she's a frequent visitor to Mar-a-Lago, having attended Trump's campaign announcement seven days before, Giorno said the four of them were able to get in. Now, there is evidently, in the NBC story, there's no explanation as to why Giorno did not think bringing Nick Fuentes to a very late lunch with Trump wasn't newsworthy to Trump's staff. But nonetheless, she just, at that point, did not pass it along. The headline grabbing attention on his guest, and therefore the subsequent fallout, were all but insured by Trump before the dinner when he made a grand entrance at about 8 p.m. on November 22nd to meet the guest. Quote, this is what Fuentes told NBC News. We saw everybody in the dining room get up and start applauding, and then the president entered. He greeted us, and he invited Kanye into dinner, and Kanye said that he wanted to bring us with him to the table. So we walked in, and Kanye took some pictures with some of the guests in the dining room, and then we sat down at the table. Trump made sure they sat at his specially reserved table on the patio for all to see, according to Fuentes. Trump met the party in the foyer, and warmly greeted everyone, but he was puzzled that his old advisor, that's uh, Giorno, was somehow with Kanye. Giorno said she tried to leave Trump with Kanye privately, leaving the, the, leaving the more controversial two out. She said that she told Trump, quote, Sir, it's really good to see you again. My understanding is you're supposed to have a private meeting with Kanye, and I'm happy to go to the bar with these two guys while you have dinner, but Trump deferred, saying, I'll leave it to Kanye. Do you want them to join, Trump asked, according to Giorno, to which he replied, yes, let's all eat. Trump said, great, let's go out to the patio. According to Yiannopoulos, he engineered this event to embarrass Trump. Kanye criticized Trump for not doing enough to help pay the legal bills of those arrested in the January 6th Capitol riots, and he also told Trump that he might run for president against him and said Trump should instead be his running mate. (laughs) Can you imagine that conversation? All of which, according to NBC, angered the former president who attacked Kanye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, according to two dinner participants and Kanye, who blasted out a -a Mar-a-Lago debrief video to his 32.2 million Twitter followers the next day. Kanye claimed in the video at the time, Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. Fuentes said that he praised Trump as, quote, my hero and criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for his potential GOP primary challenge to Trump. But he also told him to his face at the dinner that the one time 2016 insurgent was in danger of becoming a scripted establishment bore who could lose in 2024. 
Yiannopoulos, a former Breitbart editor who was banned from Twitter in 2016 for inciting a racist campaign against Leslie Jones, a comedian, told NBC News that he was the architect of the plan to have Fuentes travel with Kanye in the hopes of slipping him into the dinner with Trump. The intent, according to Yiannopoulos, was for Fuentes to give Trump an unvarnished view of how a portion of his base views his candidacy. And Yiannopoulos said he arranged the dinner, quote, just to make Trump's life miserable because news of the dinner would leak and Trump would mishandle it. We've got to take a quick break, and there's a few more components to this uh, NBC story on how, how all of this was a setup in order to embarrass Trump. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. NBC has an expose where they talk with some of the individuals involved in that Trump lunch with anti-Semites and white supremacists and how the whole thing was set up in order to embarrass them. And the theme of the story here, through their perspective, as they present it, I should say, is they they felt that Trump, they, they feel dismissed, it appears, Kanye, Yiannopoulos, Fuentes, they, you know, in their minds that they were part of the movement that helped get Trump elected and that now he's sort of abandoning them. He won't he won't consult with them. And so they thought, well, we'll show you this is their explanation for it, or Yiannopoulos in particular. And so he brought Fuentes, he snuck Fuentes in because he, Yiannopoulos claims that he knew that it would obviously leak out. And that it would be used against him. And so it was just to show him how powerful the people that he's dismissing are. And and, uh, and and that was the motivation behind it. Now, what it also to me shows is that once again, the establishment, if all of this is accurate and true, which it could very well be. I mean, it seems like the sort of thing that they would do, particularly Yiannopoulos. Is that that you, you will have the media... Use anything they can, even when they know that it was a setup in order to go after Trump. And that includes Republicans. Here's a story from Daily Wire. Top Republican Party leaders speak out about Trump's meeting with Holocaust denier. This is the whole purpose of it. This almost reminds me of the AOK sign that somebody went on, I believe it was Reddit, and falsely just made up the fact that the AOK sign is a secret white supremacy symbol just to, you know, because they knew the left would go nuts over it. But even once they revealed, it's a joke, guys, I just made it up, it still was used in order to go after people claiming they were white supremacists. And that's what this is, but on a, on a, a political scale, that this apparently was done in order to give the establishment a, a weapon to attack Trump, and even once it's revealed, they still do it. And one of those individuals, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, I just love watching these people be the puppets for the left, the little lapdogs, the marionettes. I, it, it is just, it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> 